MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to say thank you for listening and invite you to check out the rest of the shows created and produced by Mecco Radio. You can check them out by going to meccoradio.com. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by a fellow podcaster, Moin Zaffer. Now, this was a fantastic conversation. I know I say that about all of them, but there are some really cool things we get into, despite this being a shorter episode. We talk about flying kites with his friends and family, and not just flying kites, but flying them savagely. So I'm excited to share that story with you, as well as everything else Moyne shares with us today. And of course, remember after today's show to make five minutes in your day to listen intently to the people around you. Moyne Zaffer, welcome to my Wax Museum. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have you here. We had a conversation uh, just, I think, was it just one week ago? Uh, and I enjoyed chatting with you and I was like, I've got to have him on my wax museum, chat some more, find out more about your story and where you're from. And the way I start out always is kind of connecting us. So how is it that we got in touch? Would you mind filling in the audience? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so you and I got in touch through, so I have a coach and, uh, he's my podcasting coach. Uh, his name is Kevin, and I think he reached out to you, and um, that's how we scheduled it. And uh, yeah, uh, we had a did we did we have a short form conversation before the interview, or we just got right into it? I think we just got right into it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. That's yeah. It was uh, it was for the upcoming podcast, Broken Bulbs, or I guess by the time this episode comes out, it'll it'll be out as well. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a great conversation. You have such an interesting story and fascinating background to me, um, that I was like, well, of course I've got to have him on every podcast I possibly can. Uh, so with that, let's jump into where are you from originally? Um, so I was born in China. I was raised in Pakistan and, um, I came to Canada in 2010 for my undergraduate and I've been here since. Wow. Okay. So it's, it's a really international story. Do you have, is it like one parents from China, one's from Pakistan? Is that how that worked out? Or was your family in China at the time? What, how, how'd this happen? So both my parents are from Pakistan. And uh, so my dad um, uh, has worked in China. Um, he still works there. He's been there 35, 40 years, speaks really good Mandarin. But yeah, at the time uh, we were, uh, I was born we're in China. Um, I was there, I think, for the first two years. And then we moved to Pakistan. And um, I think my dad moved too. And then he went to China again to work again. Yeah. Interesting. So you're the first person, I believe you're the first person who I've interviewed, who was raised in Pakistan. Would you mind telling me a bit about what childhood was like for you there? Yeah, honestly, I was um, really blessed 
to have a really good childhood. And so my dad, he came, he really grew up in a small village and he just worked his way up and we moved to the city. Um, I never actually got to experience living in the village except for when we would visit my grandmother. But yeah, so the reason why he went to China was to earn and to get out of that village. And uh, yeah, he worked really hard for us to be in the city, have a nice house. I remember we used to live in a place uh, where we were renting first and then he started doing really well. We literally like bought the place and like he like broke down the entire house and we made constructed a new house. Um, yeah, so I think um, I have really good memories because my cousins were there. We used to hang out a lot. Um, we were well taken care of. I remember playing a lot with so many cousins. I have like up to 40 cousins. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's nuts. Um, yeah, we got to one thing that's really cool about Pakistan is I learned how to fly kites. It's something that was, it's not, I don't think it exists anymore, but there used to be a kite festival once a year where if you literally looked up to the sky on that day, all you would see is different color kites everywhere. Wow. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And the reason why they stopped it because, uh, so when we fly kites, it's competitive. So you would fly the kite into the other person's kite and try to like cut the, cut the thread with your thread. <laughs> and so all those threads started ha hanging on like the wiring <laughs> and that was causing cities a lot of damage. And so they're like, okay, I think we're going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. Competitive kite flying. Uh, so is this like, was this something you did with your family or is this like a friend's activity? Kind of what, what was that like? Friends and family, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mostly did it with my family, my cousins and my aunts. And yeah, it used to be like a family gathering on the day. So the festival is called Basant. And on that day, people would intentionally make an effort to be together, buy tons of kites, go out to the roof, maybe have a barbecue as well and fly kites all day. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. Um, you mentioned having all of this extended family. Was it often that you guys saw each other? Did you live close and, and did you spend a lot of time together? Um, yes. So my mom had six other siblings. I may be off by one, forgive me, mother, if you're listening to this. Um, but one of our si uh, siblings lived in the city the same as us. So we used to see them a lot. And that's one of my closest friends from childhood too, my cousin from, from that side. And then other cousins were about a four to six hour drive in two other different cities. But we used to visit them, I think, twice a year or whenever school was off in the summer, we would just go spend all the time there and hang out with, with the family. Yeah, it, it sounds like a really nice, um, nice environment to grow up in is having all of that family close. So uh, I'm curious what what was the decision that moved you to Canada and what was that experience like leaving all of that family behind? So the reason why we moved is that after, so we have um, something called advanced levels or A level studies. It's like after, it's like another year of uh, after high school. And so you're basically getting advanced credits for university courses. So after we finished, uh, I was done with that. 
And because my dad had experience of, you know, flying abroad and making or being successful, he wanted us to have the same experience as well. And plus he wanted us to sort of branch out of Pakistan because um, it's the political conditions there were not full stable. And uh, it was just nice to have that other option of being in another country. And um, so, yeah, I think there, were, there was two reasons. One for, was for, for a better undergraduate program for uh, exploring life in a new country and then just uh, settling down there. Um, and yeah, a lot of it came from my dad's own experience of, you know, just moving out of his village to the city, then moving to China and then flying around. And um, yeah, we were fortunate enough to uh, be sent here. That is awesome. Um, it, it sounds like uh, from what you're telling me and based on our previous conversation, uh, that you really respect your dad for the efforts that he made to to give you the opportunities that you've had. I'm curious how you see that continuing in your life, how you see yourself giving yourself more opportunities as well as as well as your children. Yeah, great question. So I didn't always feel the same way about my dad, especially when I was uh, younger. And a lot of it was because, so because uh, after we moved to Pakistan from China, he moved back to China and I would only get to see him maybe once a year. And so, so the, the kid in me really missed his father and he did not understand that um, he's there essentially to make sure that we have a good life. And so at that time, I didn't understand the sacrifice. So I held, really held it against him for not being there, you know, through all, and, and you do as a kid, you know, you have these special moments and, uh, you know, you want some, somebody to be there. Um, but yeah, from that, I, I, I knew that if I ever had a kid, I would want to be there with them as much as I could. And so that's what I learned from him. And as I grew older, I understood why he did what he did. And it is the reason why I'm here today. Um, yeah, so my, my takeaway from my childhood is to be with my daughter as much as I can and give her really freedom of thought and expression. It's, um, yeah, a lot of the things that you learn is some things that you did not have as a kid. And so I want to give that to her, if that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. So your dad, you you understand and you appreciate why he did what he did to, to give you the life that you enjoy now. Uh, and you kind of took that and said, you know, thanks. Maybe I'll find some different ways to, to give similar opportunities to my children. Speaking of family, Mecco Radio is something that I work on largely with my siblings, or at least some of them. Jerica has an incredible show about who moms are when they're not being called mom, and I host shows with both Bryce and Alandra. It's amazing being able to work with my siblings on podcasting. If you want to check out any of those shows, you can go to meccoradio.com. That's Meco spelled M-E-C-H-O, radio.com. Now, back to the show. But what about your relationship with your mother? You mentioned in our quick questions beforehand uh, that your mom uh, makes the best home-cooked meal that you've ever had. 
can you fill me in a little bit on what it is that you learned from your mother growing up? Yeah. Um, so I learned from her strength and resilience. So she, she had four kids and obviously after my dad was in China, she was raising four kids by herself, right? It's true. We have, uh, it's very common in Pakistan to have help. So you have people, so you, you would say you would have a driver to drive us to school um, and maybe a maid to help clean out. But she didn't always have that. Eventually she did after my dad started doing well. Um, but yeah, she had the responsibility of raising four kids and um, being without like a partner physically for, for, for long periods of time. So I learned a lot of things from her and strength and resilience were really two powerful things. And what I noticed that she, uh, about her was that she always found a way to have fun. Um, and she would have fun with her siblings a lot. So I think that's, some, that's something that uh, got sort of ingrained in me too, to have fun with your siblings. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think that's huge. I come from a, a big family and I know fun with siblings is probably the number one takeaway from my childhood. And so with you, now that you're grown up, now that you're an adult, do you still keep in touch with your siblings? Are any of them in Canada? Are they back in Pakistan? And what's that relationship like now? Uh, yeah. So uh, my twin brother, he lives in Canada. We, we've actually lived together since we were in Canada in 2010. And uh, last month, I just moved into a new place. So now we're in different locations. Um, my sister, she's still in Pakistan. My youngest brother, He's in Amsterdam doing his undergraduate program. But yeah, we talk a lot. I actually, he actually helps out uh, me with my social media for my podcast and stuff. Oh, no way. Yeah, I decided to hire him for experience and yeah, he was happy to do it. So yeah, we keep in touch. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group um, for the siblings and we chat there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that modern technology has allowed us to keep in touch with family, even when we're spread across, you know, three different continents, right? Uh, that we can still keep in touch and still have that relationship. And wonderful that you're able to work with your brother on the podcast as well. That is really cool. Since this is a little bit shorter of an interview, I want to start getting into your future and what what your plans are, what your life is looking like um, going that way. Uh, so what what's kind of your day-to-day -day now? What is it that you work on? And then after that, we'll move into talking about what your plans are. Yeah, for sure. So my day-to-day -day main thing is um, my podcast. So I have a goal. So I started my podcast in January and my goal eventually was to have 50 episodes in the year. I think I'm up to 45. So I want to get that done by the end of November. And so that's usually my day-to-day. -day. I'm, I'm also working on creating an online store. Um, so I'm focused on that, my, my meditation practices. So I, ha I have a bunch, but there's a time where I'm just focused on one. So right now what I'm focused on is Wim Hof. Uh, have you ever heard of Wim Hof? I've heard of it. I, I'm unfamiliar though. Okay, so he's the... Uh, he's, 
popularly known as the Iceman, so the guy who uh, right, that's, climbed, yeah. climbed Mount Everest with just his shorts and shoes. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, so he has a breathing technique that I do. That's one of my day-to-day practices and cold showers. Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, for this year, November is – I after November, December, I want the month to review what I've done uh, in the last year and what I want to do now in the next year and how much better and how much more I want to push myself. So December is for review. November is to hit all the targets. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So this episode will come out in March, I believe, of 2021. Uh, I'm recorded ahead of time. I'm very proud of myself. I'm getting ahead on on things. Uh, But so kind of looking forward to uh, to December, uh, we're in November now, uh, but looking forward to December, what is it that you, what is it that you see um, particularly contemplating and maybe planning for the new year? What, what, what are your kind of preliminary thoughts on what the next year is going to be like? I would keep my podcast going. That's something I really want to do. Um, other things that I want to focus on or preliminary thoughts is that it's something that I'm still wondering about. I know there's something different that I also want to create along with the podcast. I just haven't landed on what it is exactly. And so my that's why for December, I've allocated that time for myself to figure it out, uh, create the project and get to work in the, in the new year. I like that. I think that's smart to have like some time to, to think about it and just time set aside. Um, and then... Let's look further into the future, maybe 10 years down the road. What is Moyne going to be doing? What, what's, your, what, what's your day-to-day going to look like down there? So 10 years down the road, Moyne's going to be running a successful company, something hopefully like Mind Valley. Um, I see myself traveling a lot, um, speaking on stage in front of thousands of people. Um, I've definitely written more books. Um, yeah, man. Um, those are, those are my initial thoughts for 10 years. Will I still be living here? I don't know. So far the trend is I keep moving every six years. So we'll see. (laughs) Who knows what the future holds, man. Could go anywhere. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have one last question for you here. Um, before I let you plug everything and tell everybody where they can follow you and find everything that you do. And that is something I ask every guest who comes on the show. At the end of your life, when you're looking back, when you're thinking about all the things that you've done, both up to this point and up to that point, so things in your future as well count here, what are the things that you're looking back on that give you the most pride and that give you the most satisfaction? I think the most important thing is that I had the courage to follow my my dreams or my path, which is anything that I, I had an itching towards, I went out and did it. And I think that's something that I can be really proud of. And, you know, whether it was writing the book or having a podcast, you know, those things will remain 
And I think it's sort of feels like a legacy that, okay, you know, I, um, I really pride myself on having ideas and then actually manifesting them. And so when I look back, I think those are the things I would be proud of for myself that I actually went out and gave it my best, whether it succeeded or failed, that I, that I followed that, that itch. I like that. I like that idea of following that itch, of, of, of having the courage to follow that itch. Um, well, uh, with that, this has been fantastic. And I'm glad that we've gotten to, to chat again. Uh, would you mind filling in the audience on where they can find your book, where they can find your podcast, and where they can go to follow you and everything else that you've got going on? Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Alex. So um, my Instagram for my podcast is the Grow With Moon podcast. You can follow me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, by my name, Moin Zafar, and Facebook. And uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, everywhere you can find me. But yeah, yeah, follow me, connect with me, chat with me, see what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have a nice conversation. Fantastic. Well, Moin, thank you so much once again for joining me. Of course, Alex, it's, it's been a pleasure again. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 